I love the Olympic Games. And this uh, sermon was not brought to us by Visa, just so you know. (laughs) But it's one time every four years when we focus on the best. We focus on people who've spent their whole lives trying to work towards one single moment, and in some cases it's been like 30 seconds, and that's their one chance to be the best. And that is what we're going to talk about through this series. Three or four weeks, we're going to look at how God wants us to strive to be the best. He wants us to get the gold. If you're here for the first time, really welcome you to Highlands Church. Hope you feel the warmth, the welcome. Uh, What a great community God's building here. We're going to look at this over this next little while. I don't know if you knew, by the way, there are some Olympic games that are not as popular. You may not have seen, you may not see some of these. This is uh, infant uh, slalom, a little less popular. This is uh, squirrel uh, um, ice skiing. This is one that's kind of, this is Highlands, a very weird Scottish sport, this one. And this one is a monkey freestyle. That's kind of crazy. And then this one is a cat, actually, without any skis. And this one is an interesting one. This is sumo wrestling. You will try to get this image out of your mind today. I'm just going to let you know you won't be able to. So. We're, uh, by the way, my shirt is very wrinkled today. I know that. I ironed this myself. Um, I gave up ironing for, uh, for Lent. And um, I'm uh, going to give the money that, uh, that I would normally be spending on dry cleaning to uh, LifeWater. Hope you give up something too. You know, people think that the Olympic Games are something that happened like the last couple of years. They are 3,000 years old. Interestingly, this part of the Bible is written in Greek. In which country do we know the Olympics come from? Not a trick question, guys. Greece. Comes from the city of Olympia, hence the name the Olympic Games. In the year 776 BC, this was the very first Olympic site. And so the Olympic image for going for the gold comes up in the Bible a whole lot. In fact, it is Paul's favorite image. Interestingly, in those days, they didn't have gold medals. They would give you a laurel wreath. Have you ever heard the phrase, don't fall back in your laurels? That's where we get that phrase. Don't fall back in your gold medals is what we would say today. So we're going to take a look at how gold and going for the best is a big part of our faith. And uh, let's take a look. By the way, the city that we're hearing about today is Philippi, which in ancient Greece is up there at the top. You see the arrow, Philippi. And Olympia is down there uh, uh, with a star by it. Just to give you some proximity of uh, uh, distance, if you were to put the entire country of Greece in the state of Washington, I don't think we should do that. The Greeks wouldn't be happy. But it would be basically the distance between uh, Spokane and Seattle. So it's a close distance between Philippi, who we're going to hear about today, and uh, uh, Olympia. This is what Paul's going to say to the Philippians today. Listen for God's word. Uh, We're looking at uh, Philippians 3, verses 10 through 16. Now, Paul begins by talking about what the gold is. In the Olympic Games, it is uh, being the best in your sport. But in life, it's different. Listen for God. This is what Paul said the gold is. Verse 10, I want to know Christ. That's it. That's the gold. Knowing Christ. The Greek, um, I'm going to throw a lot of Greek at you today just to get ready. The Greek for know is genasco. Do you see that with me? Genasco. Genasco literally means to experience to actually take part in, to actually go through. If you, many of you think you know long jumping after watching a day of it, you don't know it. You would know it if you actually did it. Then you would know it. Paul is saying today that to know Christ is to experience Christ, to have Christ as a part of your, to actually do the lewd, or let's take that image out of our mind. Let's do the long jump with Christ. Let's continue. What is it also? It is also the power of the resurrection. When he means this, he means the power of Jesus coming back to life, but he's talking about our coming back to life. 
As Michael just said in the prayer, this isn't it. We will know the resurrection in the next life. If somebody asks you this next week, do you know anything about the afterlife? The answer is no. But the correct answer is I will. I will. Because knowing is experiencing. So it is to know Christ and experience the resurrection and the fellowship and the sharing of sufferings. Next time something bad happens to you, you can't pay a bill or you have an argument with somebody or you have a, a traffic fine or something like that, just say, well, thank you, God. Now I know how you felt a little bit. Maybe God didn't have an upside down house, but he had similar problems. So that's it. The gold medal, notice what the gold medal isn't. It isn't wealth. It isn't being popular. It isn't being famous. It's knowing Christ. That's the gold. Now, Paul talks about going for the, how do you get to know Christ? Verse 12, not, he says, that I have already obtained this or have been made perfect. I don't have the gold. But he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. I love that. It's the image of a runner running and getting tired and God pulling that runner forward. Or if you think of a, a ski racer, a long-distance uh, cross-country skier gets very tired and God pulls them through the finish line. This next week, as you think about how tired you might be in your life, just realize that God is pulling you through this whole world. Brothers, he says, do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But this is the key to our text today. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I do what? I strain forward to what is ahead. I press towards the goal. So how do you know Christ? You forget what is behind. And you press forward to the goal. That's the whole key. And then he finishes the whole text this way. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Knowing Christ, that's the gold. How do you do that? Forget what is behind and press forward for what is future. This is our fourth year of this church. And I'm constantly amazed what an amazing church we have. And I also just remember how hard this church was in the beginning to start. And uh, I'll never forget, in a day like today, it would be kind of foggy, and we'd still have to wake up at 5 and go down to the movie theater, and, and uh, we'd have to set up in the theater, as you might have helped us with that. And I was the worship leader then, so let me just say we were not singing Andrea Bocelli. Uh, but after about like a year or two, I got very tired. So tired that my bosses, my bosses uh, called me one day, and they said, Graham, we're praying for you. Now, have you ever had someone they say that to you before? There's kind of a good way that's kind of like, we're praying for you. That's nice. But then when they do this, we're praying for you. That's kind of how they said it. They followed that up by saying, Graham, we want you to go see a professional. Now, when they said professional, I didn't think they were talking about like a professional cook, you know, professional bat. They didn't want me to go see Kobe Bryant. I would have liked that. They wanted me, I think, to go see a psychologist to make sure I wasn't getting too tired. I was so upset. You think I'm crazy? Well, wait a minute. I know I'm crazy, but you think I need some help? No, they said, think of this as like spiritual direction. Great, I said. Well, where do I go for spiritual direction? Well, there's a guy we want you to go see. He's a PhD, a psychologist in Montecito. Oh, I knew what was going to happen. I'd have to drive down. I'd have to like sit in the waiting room. There'd be nice classical music. There'd be like a water fountain. John Cleese would probably be there because it's Montecito hanging out there in the lobby. I'd go in. There'd be a couch. I'd have to sit on the couch. And then he would say, what do you want to talk about? And I have to talk my whole past. I'd have to just dig it all up. I was dreading this experience. 
Well, I drove down to Montecito one day. Sure enough, there was that beautiful music and that water fountain. And it wasn't John Cleese, but Malcolm McDowell, I kid you not, was in the waiting room. Anyway, <laughs> so Malcolm McDowell finishes his little deal, and I get in to my little couch there. And, uh, and I ask this guy, well, where do you want me to start? And he says, where would you like to start? Oh. So I've rehearsed this, right? I'm going to tell him my whole past. Well, it began when I was 10 years old and Charles Martin tried to beat me up on the playground. And no, no, he said. I don't want to hear about that. You don't? No. Well, I guess, uh, I guess it started when I was in high school and I asked a bunch of girls out and they didn't want to go out with me. And No, no, he said, I, I don't want to hear about that. Okay, so you, in college I went through this kind of partying phase and it was not a good part of my life. No, he said, I don't want to hear about anything back there. And I will never forget what he said to me. He said, Graham, are you listening? And I said, yeah. And he said this, the now is all there is. The now is all there is in the future. So I want to hear about the now. <laughs> all right. So I just started to tell him about the now. And once a month, and he's become a great friend of mine, I will go down there and I get to tell him about the now. What Paul is trying to tell us today is to forget the past. To forget about those things. Don't think about the past. The past doesn't exist. The now is all there is. And the future. And that's how we get the gold. It's forgetting what is behind and straining forward to achieve that which God has given us in our lives. That's what I want to talk a little bit about today. How do we get the gold? First, it is so important to remember that forgetting is actually a very important part of faith. Would you say that with me? Forgetting is a very important part of faith. I heard about uh, a 95-year-old guy and a 99-year-old, uh, 98-year-old woman who was in a nursing home and uh, they had begun to lose the plot a little bit as one does when you get to that age. And so they meet each other in the hallway one day and this, uh, this woman says, you know, Harvey, I bet I can guess your age. Harvey says, no, you can't. Oh, yes, I can, she said. And she said, well, how, what do you, well, show me your hand. So he held out his old hand and she looked at it and she studied the lines in his hand and all of his fingerprints. And she said, Harvey, you're 84 years old. 84, said Harvey, you're right. I am 84. How did you guess that by looking at my hand? She said, well, you told me yesterday. <laughs> Okay, so forgetting is not a, a part of life that we look up to very often, is it? If you forget something on a test, your teacher's not going to give you a good grade. If you forget Valentine's Day, if you forget Valentine's Day, it's not going to be pretty at home, is it? When we get to a time in our lives when we start to forget things, we get maybe Parkinson's, or I get Scottish Parkinson's, I forget everything but my enemies, uh, or my grudges. <laughs> When we forget, when we get to that time in our lives, it's not a time when the world looks up. But God wants you to forget today. He wants you to forget. To forget about all the things that have happened in your past that have not been healthy. Think about, to forget about the, the negative experiences, the people that have done things to you, the things that you've done to others. And I'll tell you the tendency in our lives is not to do that, is it? It's to remember them every time we wake up to really beat ourselves up about them, not just remember them, but go them, over them again and again and again and again and again. But God wants us to forget those things. My favorite verses about this is uh, when Paul talks about love. 
It's a wonderful text. We read it in weddings. If I say, I will, uh, bottom, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It forgets. Love forgets the things that have been done to us. Keeps no record of them. If you want the gold in this life, you have to leave that behind. The tendency, again, is for us to just focus on them and to actually not. God will forgive you for the things that you ask forgiveness for, and he wants you to forget them. But so often we don't. Most famous example of this was, uh, happened during the presidency of Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson had a very good friend named George Wilson who actually burglarized a bank, something you shouldn't do. He actually, this is a true story, look it up when you get home. George Wilson broke into a bank and he was sentenced actually. He was sentenced for this crime and he was given the death penalty. Well now, Andrew Jackson was the president. You know, presidents can do pretty much, they can pardon anyone they want. And so he said, you know, George didn't mean to do this. So I'm going to give George a pardon. I'm going to help him forget that. He's going to move on in his life. George, walk free. Here's a pardon. No more death penalty. Now an amazing thing happened. It's the only time in history that a presidential pardon has not been accepted. George didn't want to forget. And he didn't accept it. Well, Andrew Jackson was so angry. How can you reject a presidential pardon? I'm the president. You must do it. But George didn't. He wanted to get the death penalty. He wouldn't let himself go for that thing. And uh, they went to the Supreme Court, a famous decision, John Marshall. He wrote a famous decision about this chief justice. He said, if a person doesn't accept a pardon of forgetting, there is nothing the Supreme Court can do. God has forgiven you for what you ask forgiveness for, and he wants you to forget those things. But he can't make you do that. He can't make you do that. But God wants you to just let it go, to overlook those things. Number two, God wants us to press forward. It isn't just forgetting. It's also pressing forward. I I can't wait to see a number of Olympic sports this next week and just see how many people win the race by pressing forward. That's who wins the race. It's the people who lean in to the finish line, whatever sport it is. My favorite, favorite story about this was, of course, I've told this a hundred times, but Eric Little, the great Scottish runner. He was a Presbyterian pastor, but he was a great runner. Movie Chariots of Fire. And Eric Little, uh, he, he'd pretty much forgotten a lot of his ministry. He'd forgotten the, his, his job as a pastor. But he was a great runner, and he was reaching, reaching people for Christ. One day, his sister, Jenny, was really upset with him because he had forgotten a lot of the stuff that he, what she thought he should remember. She came up to him, and sitting on the top of Arthur's seat, looking over Edinburgh, she said, Eric, all of you running and training and running and training, you've got no more time for the ministry. Eric looked her in the eye, said, Jenny, don't fret yourself. I've not forgotten the ministry. But the Lord made me for the mission, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And when Eric Little would run, he would do pretty well as he was running like this. But it's when Eric Little leaned in to this whole race. He let his arms flap. It was as if the Holy Spirit was embodying him and he was throwing him forward. He would win the race. It's the same for us. Did you know that's what vision is? You know, people ask me all the time, how do I get a vision for my life? How do I have kind of like a big vision? 
my best advice for vision is living your life in the now and in the future. If you ever look at somebody who has vision, they're not really looking at you. They're looking beyond you and at you. That's vision. It's something that takes hold of you and that you're just looking one step beyond it. One of my favorite images about how the end of the world might happen or how creation exists with God is that the Bible says that the whole world is standing on tiptoe, literally leaning into God. All of creation stands on tiptoe, leaning for God. To get the gold in your life, you forget the past and you lean into what God wants you to do. Last point today is something I have not wanted to give. It's not a point that I have actually thought about just, well, we don't need to talk about that today. But I feel convicted to say it. And that is this, that not everybody will get the gold. Not everybody gets the gold. I wish I could stand up here and say, you know, everybody can get the gold. Well, I did soccer when I was a kid uh, through elementary school, and I was not a very good soccer player. So I was always getting the most improved player. You ever get one of these awards? I've got, if you go home to my shelf, I, get, I also have like the best participant award. <laughs> like here's Graham, best participant. My shelves are lined with the best participant. And I wish I could say to you today, you know, God's going to hand out all these best participant awards. He's going to give a few people the most improved player. It's not going to happen. He's going to give some the gold. And some are not going to get anything. That's why the, the image of gold is such an important image for our faith. But that makes it sound impossible. It's as simple as this. What is the gold? Experiencing Jesus Christ. How do you get it? Forget the past and lean into what God wants you to do. It's as simple as that. Everyone here can do it. And most people I know in this church are on that path. So let's keep working for the gold. You can do it. You can win this race. You can get this gold. It won't be the most valuable participant. You will get the gold. God will want you to do that, and he will reach for you to do that. Let's pray together. God, thank you for giving us the gold. I thank you that you don't just give us like silver, bronze. You give us the best. And all we have to do to get that is to want to experience you personally. To forget about the things that hold us back and to reach forward to you. We know that we will do this. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.